RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Hong Kong records its hottest day on record for September and experts warn it won't cool down anytime soon. The government says that from November, inbound travellers with COVID can stay put in their hotels and the Registration and Electoral Office is urged to step up training for polling staff and make better use of its electronic poll register system. The observatory says the temperature at its headquarters reached 35.9 degrees Celsius this afternoon, making today the hottest on record for September. Long Wing Mo from the Hong Kong Meteorological Society says the hot weather was mainly due to Typhoon Mui Fa, which is expected to make landfall in eastern China. But he says Hong Kong may continue to experience very hot weather. Well, the issues for authorities this Monday in the UK and sports governing bodies have been discussing this with the government. The effect of Typhoon Muifa as is going away from Hong Kong will be getting smaller and smaller. So I don't expect another record-breaking high temperature for tomorrow and day after tomorrow. But having said that, long-term forecast is that we are going to have a typhoon, more or less the same track as Typhoon Muifa. So I won't be surprised to see that maybe a few days later we again experience some hot weather. The government says that from November, inbound travellers confirmed to have COVID-19 in their quarantine hotels can stay put. Currently, they're moved to community isolation facilities in Penny's Bay or Kaitak. Mike Weeks reports. A government spokesman stressed that hotels will have to strengthen their control measures in the next round of the quarantine hotel scheme, which starts in November. That includes arranging specific floors or rooms to isolate COVID patients in, installing more air purifiers and requiring staff to don appropriate personal protective gear. The spokesman said the arrangement would save confirmed cases from having to travel to other facilities, enabling better utilisation of manpower and vehicles while reducing transmission risks. The government plans to discuss implementation details with the hotel industry. Meanwhile, one more hotel is joining the current round of the quarantine scheme, while another is providing extra rooms. That's after four hotels quit the scheme at the end of August. The spokesman said 62 hotels are currently offering some 23,600 quarantine rooms. Hong Kong has recorded 7,067 new local COVID infections and 151 imported cases. Health officials said 10 more patients with COVID had died. They were aged between 52 and 95. Dr Albert O from the Centre for Health Protection conceded that the number of infections has fallen but said it would take at least two weeks to know if it's really trending downwards. Earlier, a respiratory medicine expert, Dr Leung Ching Chu, said the recent surge in COVID-19 infections may well have peaked a few days ago. He said data suggests the spread of the dominant, more transmissible BA.5 variant has slowed. He added that current trends were in line with infection rates elsewhere and indicated that authorities could start contemplating an end to quarantine requirements for inbound travellers. Why did we have to prevent imported cases? It was because there was a difference in our epidemic situation. But as this outbreak eases, we can be quite sure that our daily infection rate and the dominant variants are the same with other places, unless other more dangerous variants emerge elsewhere. In fact, if the epidemic situation is the same on Hong Kong Island and in Kowloon, there's no reason to stop people from crossing from one place to the other. The condition of a dancer seriously injured at the Mirror concert in July has improved. Lee Kai-Yin is now said to be in a stable condition instead of serious as he recovers at the neurosurgery ward at Queen Elizabeth Hospital. 
Damon Pang has more. Mr. Lee was struck by a giant falling TV screen during the concert at the Hong Kong Coliseum. His father, Pastor Lee Shing Lam, had said a few days ago that his son has accepted that he will spend a long period of time recovering in hospital. The latest news comes as RTHK understands that police detectives conducted searches at several places connected to the concert, including firms involved in its production. Pastor Lee, meanwhile, wrote on social media that he's refusing any donations for his son before a probe decides which parties should be held responsible. On to the weather, it'll be fine but hazy with a minimum temperature tomorrow of about 29 degrees. Very hot and dry during the day with a high of about 36 degrees. Currently at the observatory, it's 31 degrees Celsius. Humidity is 59%. The very hot weather warning and the red fire danger warning are both in effect. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The Office of the Privacy Commissioner for Personal Data says it will set up a fraud prevention hotline from today after receiving many reports of fraud cases from January to August. The Privacy Watchdog said it had received around 380 inquiries and 17 complaints about the use of personal data for fraudulent purposes, including the use of phishing calls, emails or SMS messages by swindlers who impersonated officers of different organisations. The Privacy Commissioner Ada Chung urged members of the public to beware of unfamiliar caller numbers. The Chief Secretary, Eric Chan, has signed the condolence book of Queen Elizabeth II on behalf of the Hong Kong government. The government said in a brief statement he did so at the British consulate to express his profound condolences on her passing. The consulate, meanwhile, said it's extending the book's opening hours because of exceptional numbers wishing to pay their respects. The signings were due to end on Friday, but it says it will now open on, fr- open on Friday from 10 till 7 and for three hours next Monday morning. Meanwhile, King Charles III has been greeting well-wishers during a walkabout in the village of Hillsborough in Northern Ireland. The king will later meet the province's main party leaders and receive a message of condolence. His visit is part of a tour of the United Kingdom after the death of Queen Elizabeth. Her body is lying at rest in St Giles Cathedral in the Scottish capital, Edinburgh. It will later be taken to London and will lie in state from tomorrow. Back locally, the Registration and Electoral Office has been urged to step up training for polling staff and make better use of its electronic poll register system after a voter in the chief executive election was mistakenly given an extra ballot. The Electoral Affairs Commission made the call in its report on the election for the city's top job in May. Frank Jung reports. In its report, the commission says a worker at the polling station issued two ballot papers to the same election committee member by mistake. The voter then handed over the extra ballot, which was later marked by authorities as unused and deemed invalid. This did not affect the number of ballots, the report says, adding that the case has been referred to law enforcement. The commission says the Registration and Electoral Office, or REO, should continue enhancing training for polling staff to ensure they will reaffirm the accuracy of the number of ballot papers issued. It also calls on authorities to use its electronic poll register system to check the actual number of ballot papers handed out by staff members. An international survey has found that just 37% of eczema patients in Hong Kong are working on treatment plans with doctors, while two-thirds have apparently lost hope. 
An international alliance of dermatology patient organizations, Global Skin, carried out the study on the stu- on, of eczema patients here in South Korea and Australia. Dr. Johnny Chan, a Hong Kong dermatologist, said the proportion of those with eczema seeking medical advice in the SAR is very low and that strained medical resources due to the COVID pandemic made it even less likely that they would get treatment through public practitioners. There's a whole long waiting and queue time for average waiting time maybe two to three years in the moment and not counting the COVID impact and they have an even longer waiting time. While they're waiting, they think the treatments will not be helping them and they lose their faith in treatment and therefore they thought it's just incurable and they don't want to have any treatment anymore. And public doctors cannot spend too much time in a single patient. But for moderate to severe cases, they need some more time for explanations about the disease nature to have a more tailored make treatment plan for the patients and to explain the possible side effects and the way to avoid these side effects. Dr. Marco Ho, who chairs the Hong Kong Allergy Association, explained that as treatment is delayed, the skin condition of patients worsens and their expectations and consultations can be too optimistic. Sometimes you don't have the best matched medication treatments as well as the therapies. They have a whole lot of ideas and their own personal belief to end up, when we say control, they say cure. When we say short-term gain, they want a long-term remission. So there's expectation differences. At times, we even think the patient needs a hospitalization. They can't afford it to stop their work and school. To clear up these misinterpretations and handle mental problems when patients are suffering from skin problems, the Allergy Association and a concern group under the Hong Kong Healthcare Alliance has launched a free online counselling service that will run for three months. Turning overseas, the film director Jean-Luc Godard, who helped Godard, who helped found the new wave of French cinema, has died. He was 91. From Paris, here's the BBC's Hugh Schofield. Every story should have a beginning, a middle and an end, said Jean-Luc Godard, just not necessarily in that order. He and his fellow new wave directors like François Truffaut wanted to tear up the rule book of cinema. They were iconoclastic, shot from strange angles, made cuts in odd places and challenged conventional morality. Godard became an instant sensation with his first full-length feature, Breathless, in 1960, and the next decade was his most successful with hits like Alphaville and Pierrot le Fou. In later years, he experimented with different formats and techniques. Living in Switzerland, he became an increasingly remote figure, but he never lost his status for France's intellectual elite as the last great guru of film. Succession has won the award for the best drama series at the Emmys for a second time. The series about a ruthless but dysfunctional media family beat competition from the South Korean hit Squid Game, whose Lee Jung-jae won the Best Actor in a Drama Series Award. Best Actress went for a second time to Zendaya for her portrayal of a recovering teenage drug addict, Rue in Euphoria. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. The Emmys have returned really back to normal at a theatre in downtown Los Angeles after two years of uh, social distancing and remote acceptance speeches. So I think everyone just happy to be back in the same room to celebrate the success of Succession. Also, Matthew McFadden, the, the British actor, one of the stars of that show, winning his first Emmy for his uh, performance in it and really just cementing, I think, Succession's position as clearly one of the world's most popular shows at the moment. Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan says 49 Armenian soldiers died in fighting which erupted overnight with its neighbour Azerbaijan. There have been clashes between the two, two countries since a brief war erupted in 2020. The BBC's Rehan Dimitri reports. 
According to the Armenian Defense Ministry, Azerbaijan carried out a series of strikes using artillery, mortars and drones on settlements and towns inside Armenian territory in the early hours on Tuesday. Azerbaijan said it was responding to provocations from the Armenian side. The Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan said he had requested Russian military assistance based on a security agreement between the two countries. The German Chancellor Olaf Schulz has urged business leaders to channel the spirit of the Berlin airlift to get through the current energy crisis brought about by the war in Ukraine. He told an employers' conference that the airlift to break a Soviet blockade of West Berlin after the Second World War showed that the seemingly impossible could be achieved, could succeed if people worked together. He said Germany would make it through the winter with gas stores already 88% full. Ukraine's deputy defense minister says fighting is still raging in the northeastern province of Kharkiv, where large areas have been recaptured from Russia in recent days. Hanna Malya said Ukrainian forces were continuing to make progress. Earlier, President Zelensky said 6,000 square kilometers had been liberated. Meanwhile, the Kremlin has distanced itself from some commentators' calls for a general mobilization over the war in Ukraine. President Putin's spokesman Dmitry Peskov said the subject was not being discussed. The leader of the Communist Party, Gennady Zyuganov, said has called for general mobilization. William Ruto has been sworn in as Kenya's new president at a stadium in Nairobi, as well as 20 African heads of state. Mr. Ruto, who had been deputy president since 2013, narrowly won last month's election. The BBC's Ansoy has more. Kenya now has a new president, William Ruto. He has just received the symbolic instruments of power from his predecessor, Uhuru Kenyatta. He has also taken his oath of office, as has his deputy, Rigadi Gashagwa. After all, football fixtures in the UK were postponed at the weekend as a mark of respect following the death of Queen Elizabeth. It's been confirmed that fixtures are resuming, although three games won't be played in the next round of the English Premier League. The BBC's Maz Faruqi has more. Well, the issues for authorities this Monday in the UK and sports governing bodies have been discussing this with the government as if matches can be policed properly given that forces are being deployed around Queen Elizabeth II's lying in state before her state funeral in seven days' time. But the three British sides involved in home games in the European Champions League group stage this week will play those fixtures. That's Liverpool against Ajax on Tuesday. Rangers will play on Wednesday now against Napoli, the same night that Chelsea face RB Salzburg. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Hong Kong records its hottest day on record for September, and experts warn it won't cool down anytime soon. The government says that from November, inbound travellers with COVID can stay put in their hotels instead of moving to isolation facilities, and the registration and electoral office is urged to step up training for polling staff. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time And if you've just had a bit of a day today You just want to chill out and relax 
Go make yourself a nice drink and just enjoy 45 minutes of songs from the golden age we used to play before. First one for you this morning is a song from Joni Summers called I Don't Want to Walk Without You. Together at last at twilight time Without you 